So, Alex, you don't know what bed eyes are? Bed eyes? No. I have no idea what bed eyes are. Oh. Well, oh hold, well. on, hold on, hold on. I am ignorant. Bedroom right. eyes and music. What? What are bedroom eyes? First to the glance or look given by one person to another to suggest romantic or sexual desire. <laughs> <laughs> Is, do, you give, do, you give, do you give bed eyes to your models? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they do it first. To be honest, you, you sculpted them that way, so that's have, have you seen? Have you seen our bodies' asses? <laughs> yeah, they're fucking before, nice. Before before you put on the cop gear, you have like you have to work with that. There's yeah. no way to not. Yeah, it's it's bedroom eye asses. <laughs> Bedroom, bedroom eye asses. Yeah, you should check it out, Jackal. If you uh, haven't seen it, you, you just don't understand. I don't think I will, but thanks. You for don't the understand. Offer. They go to the gym. They don't miss leg day. They shouldn't. Most people shouldn't miss leg day. Just like you shouldn't miss this episode of the Squad Games podcast. My name's Giacomo. Today I'm with Dakota and one of our other friends, Alex. That was the fastest intro I've done to date, I think. I mean, we've talked about Alex enough on this podcast. It's about time. Yeah, they don't know who he is, though. He's Alex. Just Alex. Hello. There's a, there's a couple. Of, there's a lot of Alexes out there, you know? Yeah, it could be, could be a different Alex. Mm-hmm. So today, on our way back, we went over to Giacomo's house, picked something up, came back to my place. Uh, Alex, um, we stopped over and we got um, some Del Taco, your very first Del Taco fry experience. Wait, for real? Now, Yes. So so we've had multiple um, people on the podcast say like, Hey, I think this, these fries are good. These fries are good. Alex, how, how did the, the Del Taco fry experience from me and Jimmy Kelly? Like we say they're the best fast food fries out there. What do you think? Um, I don't think they are the best, but I, I appreciate them. I like the form. Okay. That was so the, the answer I was expecting. So the form is 10 out of 10. I like the ridges. Okay. They carry more salt, more seasoning. Mm-hmm. They're crunchy on the outside, soggy on the inside. Right? Yeah. But I don't know. I think I had better fries, and I don't remember where. <laughs> That's the problem. I cannot come back and, and verify because I don't You know, if Del Taco ever sponsors the Squad Games podcast, they will be the best fries for everyone. Uh, oh, yeah. But until that point, it'll still be a very contentious point. I will. Uh, I'll show. I'll show for French fries. <laughs> Shit! If if Domino's did it, Domino's <laughs> would have the best French fries out there too. Um, Is there French fry deployment? No, there will be. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can deploy in like like little strands. You know, like long. Oh, strands. you need two. You only need two. Is is into the dark French fry deployment because they're they're not necessarily thinner. It's French no, fries. No, there's still there's still hot dog and hamburger. Mm. There is no contentious deployment in that version, though. Not yet. I'm sure someone will come out here and, and someone will come out and say something. Whoa! You know, you know what I just noticed. I'm holding what? these three barriers, the ones that you make, 
And when you stack them on top of each other, the top one always gets like super extra green. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's throwing me off. It's pretty, it's pretty weird. <laughs> what? Since, you know, like what I like to use instead of the regular barriers that come from games workshop, I like to use the ones Dakota makes. It's like a substitute. And I'm stacking the green ones right now. Cause they're in front of me. The ones we all got from hammer of breath. And when you put them like right next to each other, the one at the, near the top always gets really green. And I, I was thinking it was like, maybe it was just one really green one, but no, every time I shuffle it, it turns. Is, like it, is it green at a specific angle? Yeah. Ah, that's full reflection for you. Yeah, exactly. But that's why it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we can touch on hammer wrath real quick. Um, hammer wrath was fun. Alex, you were there and you were proving to everyone on the internet <laughs> that beastmen are great again. But there was a twist. Yeah, they were Zangors. They were Zangor Beastmen. <laughs> and you placed higher than the Beastmen player that played. Um, and how how did you uh how did you like the ten Zangor one uh one warp coven or one sorcerer? Uh it was fun. A bit more tiring than I expected to to run the same thing for uh, two days. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt kind of brain dead at the second day. Okay. Um, but they're not terrible. I expected them to be a total meme and do nothing, but I won <laughs> half of my games <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to be running 10 Zangors, but definitely might take eight of them. Okay. Against certain, certain, certain uh, opponents, I guess. Yeah. And it, you didn't do it because of uh, the recon. The recon, everything changes now. Uh, you can take recon even if you have uh, rubrics. Yes. And security if you have Zangors. That's true. That's, that's uh, very helpful because when you have 11 bodies and security, it's way more useful than, uh, say, six, seven. Uh, five plus two, seven bodies in security. Yeah, with eleven bodies, you're you're reaching those horde numbers for sure. Um, <clears throat> did you find your standard bearer or your horn blower to be particularly useful? Um, if I positioned them better, maybe uh, the icon bear is great for um, what you call it, loot. Okay, so so. Um, I found a couple of misplays I made where if the guy by the door was an icon bearer, I could have just stand, stood on the point so a single space marine could not con- uh, contest it. Mm. And then uh, with the second Zangor, go and loot it. You know what else is interesting? We talk about so much about the Warp Coven on this podcast that um, in our Discord this week, People were saying that we should rename the Squad Games Discord to the Warp Coven Discord. Um, no, it's only Kill Team Kill Team Channel. Do it. Oh, the Kill Team Channel. <laughs> Change yeah. it to the Warp Coven Channel. Yeah, that, that might be true. Um, should we also be changing our the name of our podcast to uh, like the Warp, Warp Coven Talks or some kind we'd, of spellcaster? We'd, we'd run out of like topics so fast. If no, because we that. could change it all the time. <laughs> Warpcast. Yeah, Warpcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Warpcast seems actually the Warpcast makes a decent name. So if anyone's looking to make a podcast name, take Warpcast. Absolutely. 
It's and there. Let's send royalties to me, please. 25%. <laughs> What's your OnlyFans? Uh, I'll tell you later. It's, okay. d- it's down in the links. <laughs> <laughs> so um, today, the reason why we have Alex on is we're talking about some... Um, not only kill team and sportsmanship, because Alex, you've won sportsmanship on multiple occasions, um, but also uh, some Games Workshop alternatives. Um, you're a big fan of certain products from different people. Uh, so am I. And uh, that goes from 3D printing, other, other different uh, various makers. And uh, you also design and make stuff. Uh, for kill team as well, at least your homies. I don't know if you, uh, you take open commissions or if you have an Etsy store or anything, but, um, I know that you definitely, uh, make some good fun and cool stuff. So wanted to get your take and my take on some of that aspect of our own creation process while we're making stuff. Um, and maybe talk about a, a project that we're working on. So, um, and Giacomo, you also have your ideas on, also on 3D printed proxies and all that kind of stuff. So it should be a really uh, interesting conversation as it seems like a lot of people nowadays are um, promoting proxies in Kill Team. And whether or not that's a good thing, if it's indicative of the fact that Games Workshop can't produce enough, or if it's a bad thing. So. We'll dive right in. <clears throat> well, then, uh, as we're diving in, before we go there, let's uh, let's quickly thank some some folks. I want to thank our patrons for making this possible. They're always cool to us. In fact, Alex is a patron. Oh, you're himself. welcome. You're welcome. Yes, you know this is <laughs> it's actually why you're on here. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, just kidding. We'll have an all patron <laughs> episode maybe one day. But also, I'd like to let everyone know that we are affiliated by Frontline Gaming. So if you're looking to get any Frontline Gaming event tickets or buy product off their game store, uh, then you're more than welcome to do so. If you do, please do so using our link, which is in the description. And uh, that helps get us a little bit back to the show so that we can keep producing episodes like these and future ones. Don't forget that uh, SoCal Open tickets are available for anyone looking to travel for an event. Um, Also, we have... Uh, this is through Frontline Gaming. Uh, also, don't forget that we do have uh, LVO tickets. Uh, the narrative sold out, and we are uh, selling tickets really fast for competitive. So if you're looking to get tickets for your LVO and come to hopefully the biggest kill team tournament ever, um, go ahead and use our link as well. Uh, if you're not looking to go to FLG and you just want to come see us, come to one of our tournaments, I highly suggest our um, the all Valley team tournament and the West coast championship later this year. So should be a blast to say the least. Uh, I heard that Alex just got your tickets to SoCal open, huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Are you excited? I am. Although I anticipate some, uh, exhaustion at the end of this, but I'm in, I accept it. (laughs) it's as much fun as it is exhausting that is true um socal open is going to be old lvo format so we'll have the uh uh day one will be four rounds and we'll have a top eight cut at the end of that day 
Um, <clears throat> so Sunday, everyone else gets to come play in uh, a secondary tournament and all the, uh, the eight sharks will be cast out into the warp and battling for supremacy on the other tournament. And Sunday, everyone else gets to play for another championship. And it's just one ticket, 40 bucks. Come on through down in San Diego. Should be a blast. But uh, yeah, it should be, should, should be pretty cool. Now, Alex, you make some stuff for Kill Team every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. When you're making stuff, the very first time I met you, you had a replica of my... Um, a replica of my uh, dry erase board. And I was like, whoa, it's 3D <laughs> printed. That's cool. Hey, I made that. <laughs> and I was like, who, who are you? And that's how, that, that, that was my first time meeting Alex. Um, thank, thank you for not saying. <laughs> hey, that's why we all have 3D print. That's why we have, if you're a good enough at 3D printing and, um, you know, that's why we use them is that so that instead of it's interesting because a lot of people that, that get 3D printers, they view 3D printers as, as you just 3D print knickknacks. And a lot of times, sometimes they sit on the shelf for a couple months not doing anything because you're just 3D printing knickknacks. Now, um, when we are as a tabletop gaming we actually have a little bit more use for 3D printers because you can 3D print terrain. You can 3D print, uh, if you're into cosplay, you can 3D print cosplay props. You can, you can do these other kinds of things. But um, ultimately, you know, um, 3D printing is still, it, it's limited to your creativity. So it just goes to show how, how creative Alex was in that aspect. So... Yeah, it's uh, a lot more a lot more use after starting the miniature hobby, actually. Because before that, I was struggling to get an idea of what to make the 3D print. Oh, yeah? And now I'm struggling to find time to make what I want the 3D print. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mostly, would you say you mostly use your 3D printer to make accessories for the game? Or are you printing like actual things you're using? So, well, not actual things you're using, more like like terrain or, or you know, what are you what are you yeah, using? Mo- mostly, for? mostly accessories. Uh, terrain is fine. I recently three D printed a board, uh, so it has a grid. So if I want to, and this is a kill team board, right? Yes, Warhammer Kill Team Second Edition board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a, a board that is consisting of what fifteen tiles. You can put them together, and it has a one inch grid on it with all important diagonals, uh, deployment, and all that. So. When I'm picking up um, some tournament layouts, it's way easier to set up than just measuring everything from the edge of the board from the center and hope you don't bump anything. And it's it's super convenient. And then I think I printed some other terrain. Oh yeah, I printed the entire into the dark thing, and then it died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into the dark has come and gone. It seems, which is very interesting as. When it first came out, that was the uh, that was the new hotness. Everyone wanted to play it, and every single person would ask me, "Is this going to be an LVO? Are we playing this at LVO?" It's like, no, guys. Uh, I had to make the packet for LVO three months before season three was or season two was announced. So, no, <laughs> absolutely are not. L- are we playing it at LVO now? There will be some into the dark at That's LVO. Good. That's yes. good. You yeah. might be the one who's still keeping it alive. It is uh it is going to be a mixed format. A lot of people that I talk to 
they're not a big fan of an all into the dark tournament, but they do like the mixed. Um, if you guys, uh, get into our discord and tell us whether you like, um, mixed or just all open or just prefer all into the dark. Um, and if you prefer all into the dark, then I would ask you, why were you not at hammer of wrath? Um, or kill team open, but it seems as if, uh, all into the dark tournaments get repetitive as it's the same thing over and over. But when you're at a mixed tournament, it adds a little bit of variation. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a fan of mixed as well. Same. It, it makes you use your roster for most teams that never use their roster. Like you usually never take anybody with a flamer. And if there's going to be into the dark, you might actually think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lethal, lethal five. That's very nice. Yeah. It starts becoming real important. <clears throat> Especially against the new nerf to, to, uh, to goats. Oh no. Yeah. Which, which the nerf is still strong, um, but not impossible. So you guys can actually, still... actually I'm going to play my first game tomorrow with, with, uh, with the, with the nerf. With the nerf, yes, in our big game. You're gonna have to ex, ex, uh, tell us whether they're whether you uh, enjoy it or not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of locked in though at this point, right? Uh, the, the, yeah, I'm locked in. Um, it's uh, I believe it's three more games. Um, the the one this week and two more, but I guess they're just gonna be cover tops goats from now on, staying and hiding uh, until it's time to strike. Yeah, I feel like it requires a little bit more skill to play the team. So that would, that would be, is kind of like my takeaway from it. Cause I can tell you what I played them, lost to them and they still feel really strong. So, um, I, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was was an exciting time. You're lucky you dodged those Zangors. I know. I know. (laughs) Super lucky. (laughs) Fucking invulnerable saves. <clears throat> versus a lot of high AP weapons. Great stuff. I once, uh, one reason why we talk about Warp Coven quite a lot is that Saya, this would, that was her original team as going all the way back to 2018. So I'm heavily invested into them. Um, heavily invested into seeing how they're doing and all that kind of stuff. And it's unfortunate how, uh, how complicated the team is currently. Um, as you said, just running one sorcerer, Made your brain hurt after two days, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and actually, Sorcerer by himself is not... I mean, you cannot do both combat and get some utility from him. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to YOLO and just go in, but then you lose the the tasty, tasty uh, one-inch one dash spell um, that everybody enjoys. Yeah. Um, but if that, you guys early. <laughs> everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite spell in the game. Yeah. Dashes are reduced to one inch. Everybody keeps thinking it messes with your um, movement characteristic, which it doesn't. It just makes your moves and, uh, I mean, your dashes and uh, charges very, very sad. Yeah, it's great. Great against Hearthkin and Gellerpox. Uh, And Death Guard, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. It could also be good into Pathfinders and Elves. I know Elves start to really struggle into the Warp Coven matchup, specifically because of how slow they become. And a lot of players are used to being like, hey, I can just reposition this model way over here and shoot something else because I'm an elf. 
And when you play Warp Coven, you're like, ooh, no, I just feel like a really, really slow halfling dwarf. Slot. Yeah, but it's it's one it's one trick thing. Once they learn it, they are not slowed that much. I believe a couple of teams can dash before the turning point starts. Yeah. Yep. So it helps them a lot. And also, uh, my great nemesis, Rob, never seemed to be hindered by this spell. Rob McLeod, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Highlander. Yeah, the Highlander. He's, fair, uh, when he didn't really dash a lot when we were playing. No, he, he just kills a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't need to dash. <laughs> He's better than that. <laughs> yeah, so did you enjoy Hammer of Wrath? Did you enjoy the All Into the Dark experience? Or I know that you said you prefer mixed just now but you know what did you think of your first all into the dark tournament it was fun it was definitely um i would have i would have had more fun if i wasn't proving a point and okay. could actually change operatives but i was playing the same thing over and over again uh, six times now why did you need to prove this point on the internet i have no idea that's my sick way of seeing what is fun so that's that's my understanding of fun and that makes it. sense. <laughs> makes sense. So in D and D, you would not be a min maxer. Got it. Mm, probably not. Yeah. Probably wouldn't even know how to build my character and die because <laughs> overspreading. Plus <laughs> <laughs> multiple uh, stuffs I want to do. Sounds like know. Alex wants to be a rogue or a bard. You know, the, f- the full skill classes. Good. In- good at everything. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be against it. Yeah. Um, going back to our, our design talk, um, what has been the most like heavily inspirational thing that kind of makes you want to design and develop new things for your system? Cause you, you have like a, um, a tray measuring pieces, um, all that kind of, do you have any social media so people can actually see these things, Alex? Or are they just locked away to SoCal in persons? I don't think I have. I was taking nice pictures of the trays I made, but I never published them anywhere, I think. Just in discords? Yeah. Um, yeah, but all design is driven by necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, it upsets me how much, first, how much space it takes to play Kill Team. Yeah. And then how much time it takes to put everything back into your thingy and travel to another table at the tournaments. So minimizing that was the main goal. Uh, still getting there. And also another problem is storing my miniatures because it's it's pain. Mm-hmm. I ran into all those same things. When I first saw the game and they had a bunch of tokens and stuff, got me pretty excited to use my laser cutter. And I was like, how can I make a tray system that I can make these things and make it so that people could go to tournaments and stay organized? Because that's one of the other things that I find with the cardboard ones is that they're all, since they're so light and so thin, sometimes it's difficult to, um, it's difficult to know sometimes like what side you want to flip to or Sometimes people lose them all the time at tournaments, all the time. The, the oh, yeah, I keep things. finding them at Gameology. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over the place. You know, it's not all over the place. Those acrylic tokens that I make. And also there's a couple good Etsy producers on there um, that make a lot of good tokens as well. Um, I forget which 
this what's the store is but i see his tokens a lot he they have a uh it's interesting the difference between the two because you can you can either use cardboard you can use 3d printed uh you can use the uh, laser engrave which is what i do which is a lot it's pretty time consuming on my end or you can use what this guy does which is probably the fastest way you basically use an acrylic sheet that you uh uv and you uv uh what's it called UV print oh, on both like sides. A, like a stamp almost? No. There's these machines that are between, I think they're between like um, eight and $30,000, depending on where you buy it from. Um, but you put in like different things. So you can put in acrylic, you can put in fabric, you can put in all these different kinds of things. It's like, it's it's one of the ways that people make um, um, like the Spider-Man costumes and movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use a different, a different material, but they put it into this machine and then it kind of goes back and forth like a, just like a standard uh, printer that you'd get on a desktop and it lays down a pigment or some, some sort of material uh, and it instantly dries with the UV ray that's being put down. So it sprays it onto the thing instantly dries. Um, a great example of these UV printed items are those keychains with like anime characters on the back. Oh, okay. They have like those full color things. Games Mm -hmm. Workshop also had the old uh, acrylic objective markers that they had like the one, two, three, four um, printed on one side. And when you flip it over, it has the nice acrylic. So it looks nice and and pretty. Right. Um, Mm. So you do that and then you cut it out afterwards. So it's a really fast and easy process. Problem is, as like a startup investment company, unless if you've already owned one of those machines, it's very difficult to start a business with uh, UV engraving and 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 a laser. Because then you're looking at like a, between a three and ten thousand dollar laser, and then between an eight and thirty thousand dollar printer. And are you going to sell all that with Kill Team? I can tell you, no, you will not. Uh, you have to branch out to multiple different games and so on and so forth. Um. Which, by the way, I think you should be branching out to uh, to to some Marvel. Yes, I was, talk- I was talking to some guys recently, and they were saying like, or I was asking them the question, "What are the most common tokens you probably use?" And I got a couple answers. We'll do that on a different day, though. Yeah. Well, what's fascinating about creating stuff is, uh, Alex, when you are using a three D printer, what what is your turn? So, let's say um, somebody from Kill Team and Coffee asks you to make a legionary tray or hand of the archon tray for them. And you, you go through the design process uh, and you design it. How long does your design take? And then when you 3d print it for them, how long does your 3d prints usually take? Uh, 3d print would be um, depending on the graphics, since I use a multi-material type of printer, so it can, Use a Prusa Mark III, right? Yeah, Prusa Mark III with a multi-material unit, uh, so it can make a picture of out of uh, up to five different colors. Um, mm. So that takes like half of the print if there is any picture on the bottom. But I think I keep forgetting. It's either twelve or twenty-four hours. I think it's twelve hours. And is that just for the base and the lid? Or is that for... No, I don't make the lids. Uh, the lids are uh, your scoreboards. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Yeah, I give, a, I give enough of those scoreboard trays out for for free. And they're they're pretty cheap. Yeah, those those are... 
I appreciate you for that too. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so ultimately, it is wrapped in in a singular type of format. Um, yeah, yeah. Those those match the the size of uh, your dry erase board. And for designing, uh, depends. If I already designed it, so uh, that that's good. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a couple of tweaks. Uh, if I haven't yet, um, the largest problem was tracing images but now i know how to almost automatically trace them so it's there we go probably a couple of hours i guess uh, setting everything up and then uh, back to printing hmm. so 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 when you first designed your tray how long did it take you i know that you've had to do tweaks you've there's also like test prints to make sure tolerances are correct and you're you're wasting material throughout that but like or if heaven forbid the PETG uh, lifts or your PLA lifts, which you know we are currently dealing with that problem. But um, what is uh, how long did it take you just to design like what you now use to this day? Um, the entire design process. Yeah. Um, I do not remember to be honest, but I guess it's. Uh I don't know, maybe... So the first iteration took me maybe eight hours. Okay. Then I printed it, was not satisfied, and then went through the second iteration, which had token holder and all that in in it. Um, Maybe a couple of days total. Okay. Yeah, that's something that's interesting is that uh, when you start to think about doing these kinds of things, like you're not really used to the amount of time that it's going to take, especially if you're planning to do it as like a business. Um, yeah. So like for when I was designing, uh, buildings, when I first started doing this, it took me at least 24 hours to design each individual building. Uh, It's less now because I've been doing it for three years, but like, each individual building and then like you print it and you mess up and I still print stuff out to this day on MDF and I'll still mess up, mess things up. I just was making, um, faction specific tokens. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you some of the small messes up. I don't get to sleep a lot cause I have a two year old and I have a, a business that I keep trying to catch up on and I never see my can because my lasers keep breaking, but that's besides the point. Um, Speaking of which, fuck Glowforge, awful company. <laughs> Don't buy one. Uh, not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor. Definitely not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I have had my first year I ever used that machine. Fantastic. Outside of the fact that the first machine they sent me was broken. Uh, the second one I got used quite well, but I've th- every time the machine breaks, they want you to send it back and then you to pay them $1,200 to, for them to send you a refurbished machine. And the problem with that is, is that it's just the absolute worst experience that you're buying this laser, you make a business or a hobby that you depend on these things. And then all of a sudden, like your laser goes down, you don't have the funds to do it, especially if this is your business. Um, and then it takes then who knows how long to get you out something else back in November after our flood, you know, everything and my entire, you know, life turned upside down. Um, the flood happened in early November and I wasn't able to get a hold of their anything 
until they finally charged me $600 to send them a new head to get a new head for my machine. And I didn't get that until mid December, six weeks after the incident. So like their customer service is awful. Um, the entire experience and how I would call them disposable hobby lasers. Cause I don't think that they're an actual, um, good company, nor do I think they have good practices. So, uh, I'll probably do a more in-depth review about my experiences owning a laser, um, on our, on the, the, the squad games, YouTube channel later on, if anyone's more interested, but I'll move on. Um, Learning how to 3D uh, design models in 3D spheres on flat surfaces is pretty interesting. Um, and I, I find that working with Alex, both of uh, are the ways that we think about um, the ways that we think about making and designing stuff are completely different because you come from more of a, a 3D engineer background when I come from uh, learned it from YouTube. Uh, flat background thinking in one eight one eighth inch sheets <laughs> um giacomo what you've given me quite a few cool ideas on things to make and stuff uh, when you when you see ideas or you're coming up with ideas for different things um yeah i'm dead <gasps> sorry about that no worries people being loud in the background. Um, Giacomo, when you're thinking about these kinds of things, um, seeing things or seeing improvements, Alex, I'll ask you the same thing. Um, what kind of goes into your thought process, but is it just like there's a need or is there like a coolness factor or like what kind of triggers those kinds of, kind of, uh, creative thoughts? Well, usually when it comes to, let's say, before we started doing squad games and we were playing 40 K we were talking about little plus one counters, plus one to this plus one to that. But that's because 40 K was all about, you need a plus one thing for this plus one for that. And I thought, well, I need something to just know that this unit has that and you had something like it or you had a way to make it. So then I asked you if you could do it and you were able to make it. Mm -hmm. And at the time the product seemed cool, ultimately didn't go anywhere, but we tried it. Yeah. Then there are other times where Sometimes it's, I've seen a product that's similar and I've used it and I know what's an issue with it. So then I wonder, well, I don't actually have tools to fix it. But again, I know Dakota who does have the tools to make something like it. And then I might ask you to do something there. That's usually when it comes down to it. So probably more necessity than anything else. Makes sense. Um, how about you, Alex? I'm on team necessity as well. I'm a pretty lazy guy. So <laughs> I, I don't like things that don't serve any purpose or are there to be cool. So Yeah, we were talking about my elite point tracker that I just made. No, but you know. <laughs> like, just oh, use the dice. It, it, ser yes. it serves one it's it's a different category yes, of things. It's it's a different category of things. It's the things that serve only one purpose, like very specialized things like uh I even forget them, like eh, egg boiler or something like that. <laughs> Can I offer you an egg in this trying time? <laughs> no, no, no. There is, there is literally, I saw it in my office. There is a thing that boils eggs. That's it. That, that all it does. That's all it needs to do. Yeah, but why do I, why do I need it? Because <laughs> it's easier to boil I can get eggs. a pot, water, and boil eggs. 
Yeah, I mean, also easier. I can boil all other stuff. I can eat beans out of my hands instead of using like a bowl. Yet I'm using a bowl. No, that's that's hygiene question. Right? <laughs> you, you can you can he eat can beans with without coming in contact with your skin. But like right? picture picture it like this. Like let's say you use that little tool. It boils your egg. You can now pull it up, and then you could put that right away into an ice bath. The convenience was there, you know, because it, it's a. Hmm, no, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the school of convenience. <laughs> maybe I'm in the school of convenience here. So let's say let's say you're eating beans with your hands out of the bag, right? Uh-huh. And then you see an opportunity that you can keep I've your table clean. <laughs> I've seen people eat bag beat beans out of a Doritos bag. Don't ask yeah. me where. Uh, at Giacomo's, obviously. <laughs> I said my it's hands not Doritos bags. Come on. <laughs> So yeah, that, there you can get an idea of something to hold the beans, and then once you have something to hold the beans, you have uh, an idea of something to eat it with, so you don't touch it with your hands. Have right? you guys so ever, have you guys ever seen the uh, the thing where people like put the refried beans onto a uh, like a burner? They just pop open the top, and then they turn on the burner, and like the refried beans just like pop out of the top like magic. I think I, um, I have. I'm not very up to date on refried beans thing. It's still very wild to me. Oh yeah, what's what, wild? What is it's refried, fried and then it's refried, and then it's fried again. Is yeah, that what Dakota is describing. Not I mean, exactly. <laughs> uh, Listen, the beans get refried. It's all that matters. And it's okay. a, it's 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 a it's a. Why is it the thing? <laughs> I think it's a thing because it like. They're good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Okay. Can we have refried fries? Yeah. Yeah, like you get it like twice fried. Oh, it's going to be chips. Hold on. Yeah, use an air okay. fryer, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Um, man, I got, I got lost. Where were we? We were talking uh, about beans and necessities. So, so, yes, necessity is good, but there are times where its improvements are needed as well after you use it. So, here's another example recently. On the off chance that we didn't play Kill Team this Thursday like I normally do, I was going to play MCP with a different friend. And I was putting some miniatures in this carrying case that Dakota's made for me, one that he makes for a lot of people. And I noticed there might need to be different sized versions of this lid because some mm. of the models are just a little taller than normal. Which Pink again, or in, icon bearer. Any there's, icon there's bearer. Any icon bearer. <laughs> and I was thinking, I wonder if that would be something we'd want to add later. I might bring so- it up to him. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, that was it. Yeah. So I have made a larger one. It's just economically not super feasible for people to buy. Cause one of the things that when you, when you think about it coming from a business standpoint, um, whatever you make, is it easy to reproduce and is it economical to reproduce and is it fast to be able to reproduce? And if you hit a check mark on all those three of those things, then you can probably take it to market and try to sell stuff out of it. Unfortunately, some of the things that I make are difficult to reproduce and sometimes take a long time to make cut maybe because, uh, you know, lasers are down floods, whatever it is. Sometimes, sometimes it's just because like the, like even, even tokens take a long time to make because you have to paint them. Right. Um, and like when you have a UV printer, it just prints out super fast, but ultimately like people are then paying for the convenience of having something that's super fast and done quick. So like 
when when we talk about a bigger case, it's just like using four inches or four and a half inches worth of acrylic that takes up like three sheets of acrylic instead of instead of one. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, like it's three times the cost for me now to make that particular um it's it's three times it basically increases the the amount that I'm spending by three, right? And each each sheet of acrylic is about eight bucks. So I go from spending eight dollars plus my time to peel off the sides and glue it together to uh now spending twenty-four dollars on something that's just like uh an inch and a half, uh an inch and a half to two inches taller. And uh it becomes like super economically unfeasible just because of the the amount of waste that you produce. Similar to um, other things. So like when you look at it from a business standpoint, like would I make a one-off for people? Sure. Um, right. I was thinking more special order and obviously yeah. you would charge more money that, or you find a subsidizing. I mean, you know, the, you guys know the business better than I would. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like I could make things out of MDF for way cheaper, right? Way. And like, the problem is, is that like people want acrylic because it looks cool and I don't yeah. want to produce something that's like, Oh, here's just a bunch of MDF. You know, it's kind of like, why at that point, why am I doing this? You know, that's, that's true. Yeah. And then like 3d printing, like me and Alex are, we're currently Alex, do you want to broach it? What are we making? What are you helping me make? And I pay you in, in, um, in, uh, diet doctor, uh, Dr. Pepper zeros. It's awesome. Yes. (laughs) That is his, his, his requirement for payment. Um, what are we making right now? Uh, am I under a NDA agreement? Nope. Nope. Go for it. Okay. We're making a box. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking box. <laughs> Which is for? Um, uh, for another box. For another box. So That's correct. Yeah. I, I, I inquired upon Alex's help because, um, as, as I developed this tournament tray system to go from game to game, um, sorry, a lot of this has become like a, what I make podcast. I apologize everyone that's listening, but as, uh, as, as I've developed this tray system to go from game to game, um, it's gotten a lot, there's a lot of pieces now. And sometimes like one of the complaints I get is that sometimes like the magnets slip or like one of my own complaints is that sometimes it's, it's difficult to transport to a store because it's meant to go from game to game, not like in your car or on the plane or stuff like that. So a way to fix that is to make a box to keep the acrylic protected, uh, so that you can carry it to stores. You can just throw in the back of your car, take it on a plane. Um, as I'm going to Nova soon, I would like something like that rather than having to pack foam and stuff like that around it. Cause heaven forbid the acrylic slips breaks a model or something like that. Right. Um, because it looks cool. So, um, yeah, that's what we're making a box to hold boxes. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Amazing. Um, and our first design process, Alex, how about you, you design, you tell people like how, how we've been going through it. Um, I don't remember much, to be honest. We've been <laughs> making a prototype. Yeah. Um, 
modifying it, going through iterations, printing it, discovering that um, you don't have Windex. Yep, I don't have um, Windex. <laughs> shame on you. Yep. Um, so we're making it out of PETG, and for some reason, I have the Prusa Mark IV. Um, my my PETG keeps lifting, so we're trying to figure out and troubleshoot my 3D printer and being like, is it the environment? Is it the filament? Is it this? Is it that? Why is it lifting? Is it because I'm not using actual Windex? I'm using like an off-brand um, to coat the PETG, or whatever the sheet is called. Um, and then also we realized, or at least I realized, it doesn't meet one of those requirements that I spoke about earlier. Um, it took way too long to make because it was like, Six hours for the two sides, uh, eight hours for the bottom, and 15 hours for the top. And when I don't have a printing farm, I just have like a singular one or two printers. Um, it just takes like an enormous amount of time just to, for, for it to go. And then heaven forbid it, it lifts and it's ruined and I have to start over. Um, we have to try and cut down the, paint, the, the, the printing time so that we can make it uh, a project that I can either offer STL files for people to print themselves or um, uh, offer as a product. So trying to figure that out, one of the two things is, is very interesting. Um, and luckily, you're not constrained to 3D printer only. You, have, you still have your laser and the fast cutting option for large surfaces that do nothing and don't have to be actually 3D printed. Exactly. And I think that's one of the cooler things about having multiple tools. Like when you have a UV printer or you have like a 3D printer and a laser cutter is that you can combine the mediums to make a cool and different product prod, product that other people can't or won't, um, which is pretty interesting. One, so, uh, one thing I keep getting asked to make is a, um, a dry brush palette, like what they do for Artist Opus. Oh. Yeah, okay. I could see why people want Have that. you ever made it? No, but I was thinking about making them and giving them out at, at the AVTT as like a free gift for anyone who's coming. So something okay. that I've been thinking about. Okay. I, ca I, came, uh, I came up with a way to make my own. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And just, how do you... Just, just buy, an, buy a cheap plywood palette. Uh-huh. Paint on it a couple of times. Uh -huh. Don't don't clean the paint off. It has ridges. Fair enough. That's dumb. <laughs> you know, you it's like dumb, but it works. You can accidentally tear off some of your ridges, and then therefore it's no longer strong. Oh no no no! <laughs> Unless you're cleaning it, it's staying there forever. It's gonna be layer upon layer upon. Layer. I guess you're right. And then you're just building multiple layers forever <laughs> until you sand the shit out of it. Yeah, just I mean, just make sure you you dump your paint strategically. So when the the droplet dries, it creates a ridge next to a ridge and you're golden. See, my, my, my favorite thing is that Alex is my hardest customer because I'm like, hey, I can make this. He's like, yeah, but you can do this for free. It's like, yes, I know. But <laughs> Alex, again, you don't have to use a bowl. I, I usually beans out of your hands. I can, I can win a ball in the raffle, okay? I don't need, I don't yeah, need to buy it or, or do anything. What are you going to an antique roadshow and putting a ticket in and waiting to win a single <laughs> bowl? <laughs> so yeah. Alex is notorious for winning uh, raffles at our events. What did you you won three raffle? You ran three sweepstake tickets at uh, at the AVTT last year, that and then correct. you and then you won some at LVO, right? 
Uh, yes, I want a, a set of paints and a foam carry box. That's true. You did when you when you pray to Zinch. I guess Zinch watches out. That's what you get. Yeah, yeah, you get luck. Dang, he's looking out in, for the in exchange for your soul. Worth it, <laughs> but who needs soul? <laughs> yeah, I'm not using that shit when I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> uh, there's also uh, an interesting. So sometimes when you design stuff and you send it to people, it sucks, right? For instance, my uh, my original repentance um, into the void uh, terrain. I made. I put together. I thought it was cool. I sent it to Emmanuel and he was like, yo, this sucks. <laughs> I fucking hate this. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude, this fucking stuff sucks. You Can you change this, 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 and this? I was like, yeah, dude. And so like he helped me make the product what it is today, um, which is a lot better. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, like as a business, you really have to have the mindset to be able to go in and fix things that much like Alex, like you print something and you're like, fuck, I didn't make this tolerance good enough or I forgot to do this. And you have to go back and waste another day printing something. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Is there anyone out there that does uh, 3D printing? Um, what is the coolest thing and the worst thing you've ever printed on your printers? Um, it'd be interesting to know. What, what about you, uh, Alex? What is your, your favorite thing you've ever printed? Uh, I think it's printing right now. It's a, an atrocity my lovely wife uh, designed. Okay. Um, it's uh, three crooked hands stemming from the same arm. Mm -hmm. Each of them has a weird number of fingers. All of them are contorted and uh, it's beautiful. Is it going to hold like flowers? Or something? I've no, seen it. Uh, it's, no, it's, it's no, quite... it's going to be a sculpture. It's like uh, a foot tall sculpture of um, I don't know what sheer yes. horror and. Uh, what are you printing it in? <laughs> Is a she going to use it to eat beans? Uh, <laughs> I might. Yeah, you'll you'll see it. I show you a picture, and um, you'll be afraid to be around it. <laughs> and then you're, you're going to wake up after your, after, after Val hears this episode and she, she's going to be eating beans out of it. And you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be very upset, Alex. I will, I will be. <laughs> out of the 3d yes. printed bowl you made. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, I made a 3d bowl, uh, a 3d printed bowl. Now with 3d prints, you have to be careful. You have to make sure that it is uh, safe. It is food safe. Yes. That's one thing that I don't think that people do is um, when you're when you're using a resin or you're using silicone or you're using these special materials to make things, if it's ever going to go inside your body or you're going to be wearing it for long periods of time, you want to make sure that it's skin safe or that it's um, food safe. And it'll specifically tell you, right? Like some silicones out there will literally say food mm -hmm. safe. That is very true. And Pio. to clarify, I, I want to clarify, I do not eat from that bowl. <laughs> Good. The bowl is made to, get ready, the bowl holds another bowl. <laughs> like, those little Russian, like those little Russian dolls you put like inside each other? Russian no. nesting bowls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Russian nesting bowls. That's it. All right. Uh, it's, it's just holding a water bowl for my cats. 
Oh, oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, fair enough. Those are good kitties. So it's so so they don't tip over a ball. It stands into it. It slots into another ball that has just flat base. So it's <laughs> untippable. One of my favorite things I've ever seen you make, Alex. You brought over all your your failed prints the other day on our first <laughs> session. Yes. Um, and the my favorite thing is he Giacomo. He made this cat poop scooper that. <laughs> has a uh, an electric motor that vibrates yes um what do you need it to vibrate for you can sift the litter without shaking your hand this is my favorite thing i mean <laughs> like again like hands you scoop beans. It out with your hands right <laughs> oh you don't, let, you don't like, use the scoop at all like no i have a scoop but i can i can easily shake my wrist for a second it's not a problem <laughs> i don't know it's a torture to me man <laughs> okay fair enough it's, it's tiring i have two cats fair enough very fair enough um I have a lot more than two cats, but we're we're not going to get into that. <laughs> so hey, maybe, maybe you'll have a need for an electric scooper that can auto sift. See, That's- I was thinking of just like having like a, a fucking poop tray that you put at the bottom before you do it and you just turn it on. And as you pick it up, it just vibrates everything. Yeah, honestly, that'd be a better, that'd be a better thing for See, me. That does um, it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a litter boxes that just, like a washing machine they rotate and yeah yeah and those cost like five hundred dollars yeah they're like four or five hundred bucks yeah i'm not buying that yeah like yeah i get it like there are some people that will spend money on rotating pooper scoopers right there are some people that will pay um a bunch of money for acrylic <laughs> kill team of token trays <laughs> um we're, we're all we're all vying for those uh those people um, we're not judging. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one judges here. Um, I have a buddy of mine who has the, the, the cat pooper scooper, uh, that goes into the toilet. don't know oh. how it works. No idea how it works, but, um, um, one day it started to backflow and they didn't know. What? <laughs> yeah. So like the, what started the, the, water, to the, the cat pooper scooper and like the cat poop came out the wrong side. So it started filling up their cat thing. And then when they got home, there's a bunch of water and yeah. cat poop yeah. everywhere. Cats and, and plumbing doesn't go together. No, it definitely do doesn't. It was very, uh, <laughs> very, very, very not good. Um, uh, yeah, we, we all have cats here, right? Yes, we do. Yep. Although if my landlord asks, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What are you talking about? We don't have any cats. <laughs> no he cats. listens to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> it's wrong Alex I'm sorry <laughs> yeah wrong Alex um, that's Alex Squires yeah <laughs> yeah Alex Squires on the podcast today how you doing man <laughs> doing great Ad Mac all the way yeah Ad Mac and uh, Robo Hearts and Raptors Velis and Raptors Velocicarans do you guys think Alex Squires has a cat Raptor. he seems like a cat man to me Raptor yeah I don't know. Yeah, make sure you if you guys own cats, um, post a picture of them. We all love animals, you know. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing that I wanted to talk about: using different models to count as other models. Who does Absolutely. that? Absolutely. 
<laughs> Alex like, Squires. Like, Alex like we, Squires does it. Alex Squires does do it. Alex Squires does do it. Yeah. It's a rubber dinosaur. It's not even a model. It's a toy. It's a, hey, what do you think? Were you playing? No, you're right. Right. The box is it's saying not it's not a, a toy. toy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I would not um, be allowed to play with toys. It's not a toy. So Alex Squires, if anyone who's listening to the podcast has some of the best conversions out there, he has these little like dollar store dinosaurs that he ripped off their dinosaur arms and put on the little Admex rust stalker arms. And they're like rust, uh, velocir- what are they called? Velocicarians. Velocicarians. Yeah. And they are amazing. I am. Every time I see them, it fills my soul with joy. That's why we do this. It is. It is why we do this. <laughs> and Alex, uh, you're you're one for doing not necessarily always stand-ins, but conversions of different existing models to count as other models. That is so, you correct. Know, so not always is it a different company. Sometimes it's a different model that you just really like. That is true. Like Zangors. Yeah. Or Katachan. So what do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel about that? I think it's fine in a lot of in a lot of instances. Um, in other instances, I have a little bit more of a problem from a TO perspective from from running tournaments. I think in normal casual play, there's you can't go wrong in any. You can you can run marbles, you can run uh, beans, cardboard beans, <laughs> cooked beans. Refried beans. beans. <laughs> yeah. Potato, potato is uh, the dreadnought. Yeah. And then that, then your cat can come in and, and kill all of them. Oh, um, that's a Titan. You can't bring a Titan <laughs> to a thousand points game. Um, it's true. I think in the end, when you have the, now I'll go in as a TO and I'll, I'll say my, my, my shindig uh, after this, but I'd like to hear from Alex. Um, so for conversions, I love them a lot, but I also understand that I have to play with other people with them, using them. Um, so sometimes the original model is boring, like Inquisition, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have a lot of spare bits you want to make something cool with, like what I did with Beastmen. Um, and other times you just um, want to make something cool for the sake of something cool, like... Uh, uh, the thing I'm working on now is a uh, Kazakin made out of Space Nam kit that basically represents Katachan Kazakin. Mm-hmm. They look amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, I need to sca- scavenge enough knives and uh, walkie-talkie thingies to fi- to com- finish them entirely, but they're getting there. And in fact, I don't even care about Kazakin box. I got. I just built them as soon as as I could, and uh, <laughs> to see what what pieces are spare to build. Kazar Chan with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very cool in its own. But if you want to play with the models, I also would like to think that uh, I cannot be blamed for modeling for advantage. Mm-hmm. So if not sure, just make them bigger or spread the arms wider or whatever and make sure they have the pieces that represent what needs to be represented and seen on the table. And probably not proxy your guardsmen with space marine models. There you go. That's the wrong impression. (laughs) That's 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 the wrong. uh, You you can take the model to advantage to extreme of the opposite. Like if you make something too big, it's already imposing. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. misleading. Giacomo, do you want to give your your point of view, and then we can both go in as as a TO and kind of tell our uh, what we think? Because this also pertains to 40k, right? With the 3D printed models, yes. Because me and Giacomo used to get in arguments about this uh, when like people would just come in with just fully 3D printed tank armies. So why don't you go into that, G? So the big one for anyone who plays 40k knows that it was back in eighth edition before they enforce the colors, like you need to have paint on your stuff. Someone 3d printed three of the custode tanks. I can't remember what they're called, but I remember seeing the image of them and they're just these three green PLA printed models that somewhat resembles it. And they won the tournament. Love it. And to me, I thought like, all right, well, it's one thing to 3d print, you know, whatever, get a resin print of it and then paint and put it together. But the audacity of this player was to just put them on the field and say, that's it. It's about the same size. It would have been cooler if you had like carved a potato and made it that way. At least it would have taken effort. This was just like you 3D printed it and it was done. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, (laughs) make it out of beans and potatoes, whatever. The Caladius Grav tank. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's what it was. So like to me as a painter, and just even as any player who just gets like takes pride in the work they do in the hobby, that's a slap to your face to come to this event and just like, I lost to this, a guy who probably, <laughs> I don't know, printed this out in the last week. Like, man, you got to feel bad. And I always disliked that. If you're going to print them, you know, put the effort into it at least like come in with some colors. I don't mind stand-ins. In fact, it's a little more encouraged because especially for kill team, you get to really do individual models. You know, you really customize it to your liking, give them their own uniqueness. And so I'm fine with stand-ins with alternative bits and stuff like that, but put the effort in guys. That's all. Just put the effort in and yeah. I think as a, as a TO, uh, I definitely agree with Giacomo on the 40 K aspect. Sometimes it's a real feels bad. Like for instance, when I went to play at our first uh, team tournament in Vegas and 40 K um, Helions were $50 for five. And I wanted to bring 20 and I, I don't play dark Eldar and I didn't want to spend $250, put them all together, paint them. So I used my 4k resin printer and I printed a bunch. I printed 20 of them and the organizers didn't even know that they were 3d printed. Um, when, when you, when you do this, that kind of stuff, it's, it's a lot, it feels better to your opponents to know that you are trying to represent the teams and what they're supposed to be rather than just being like, I know that I played a, I played somebody who was playing first born blood angels at this tournament. I played against a person that was doing first blood, first born blood angels, and they had all jump pack dudes. The problem is that their 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 team composition, all five players. Oh, that guy, those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, I remember they, that one. They were a dark theme, so all they did was painted all their models dark, and then on top of that, he he spent a shit ton of money on this this army. They were all the um, the Gravis armor um, jump pack guys, right? The problem is that all of his dudes were painted black. So I didn't, so he was telling me, this is death company. This is my normal salt Marines. This is Dante. This is this guy. This is this guy. 
And like they were none of they were all Primaris jump pack guys. So they weren't even just the firstborn guys in the first place. So they're all different scales. Because I'm very familiar with 40. I, I know what the models look like. I know what Space Marines look like. I know I know the difference between an Alder Bolter, um, the uh, the Stalker Bolt rifle, and the uh, the the Bolt rifle itself. Right? Like I know the difference. Like I know what each each individual type is. So the fact that he brought these models that were so vastly different from what they're supposed to be intended, and then they were all painted black. And then he was like, oh yeah, this is my death. I was like, oh, that's your death watch. And like, he just charged like, and I was like, okay, well, I, yeah, I guess it is what it is. Um, it feels bad. It definitely feels bad. And it felt bad. And I could tell that they were doing it to win the best painted army, the Renaissance army or whatever. Cause that's, they won that. But as a team, they all came in with, you know, their whole special shindig. But the problem is, is that I don't know what the fuck the army was. And you can do the same thing in kill team. So as a TO, I know how bad I felt on certain ones of those. And I try to do the same thing for, for other players. So I, I'm not a big fan of when people are like, Hey, just take the, these models and use them as these, right? So like, if you're going to take Nurgle and use them as intercession, I'm not a big fan of that because death guard already exists. Legionaries already exist. These things kind of exist. And that's, it doesn't have enough creativity. Now, are they okay in the right circumstances? Yeah. But there was a Miguel from Miguel from the bats crew. He came down to the all Valley team tournament and he played on the wrong bases. You know, I gave him grace. He could play. He played and his army was painted beautifully magnificent. And he asked me, he was like, Hey, Dakota, like, how could I make these better? And I said, like, firstly, put them on the right bases and then use the, the correct arms. So what he ended up doing was that he re-sliced the models. He did all the models on the right bases. And then he put the actual Navy breacher arms on the actual models so that no one could ever say that they weren't the correct ones. Um, and that's the kind of the, the steps that you want to take in a competitive environment to make sure that people know, like, are you going to bring death guard? Cool. Well, use the assault intercessor arms so that people know exactly like what it is. Don't just come in and be like, Oh, this, this guy has a plague sword and this guy has this. And this guy, has, it's like, you're adding more of a mental load onto your opponent when you probably shouldn't. Um, would some of those armies get passed? Yeah. It just, it just, it does create that feels bad. Um, is there uh, some proxy inspection on the 40 K tournaments? Asking no, for a friend. Uh, really. Only at games workshop ones, but, um, okay. That's Unless not like, if something's like, like ones. if something's super wrong, your opponent can call you out and then you could lose the model for the tournament. Okay. Um, okay. It I'm is worried as a guy who just printed nine sentinels. I'm a bit worried now after this conversation. No, I <laughs> well, ban, a, ban him. Yeah. Ban Alex and, <laughs> and his cat. No. Um, here's the I thing. I have a cat. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. Sorry. We're talking to Alex Squires. Uh, sorry, Alex, you don't ban have cats. Cat. <laughs> you just have robo robo cats. Uh, Velocic. Yeah. Velocic cats. Oh, dinosaur cats. Okay. Anyways, go on. Um, it's like the Velocity Priest movie. Sorry. <laughs> um, so if you printed um, Sentinels, yeah, they look like Sentinels. You're going to paint them like your army, right? Exactly. Should be fine. 
like the problem is, is when people 3d print, uh, a demon, like a demon prince, that's a sentinel and call it a sentinel. <laughs> you, you, you see the difference? Yeah. I'm not there yet. No, okay. I, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> one day, one day it's change, right? So like when you, as long as it's done with good intentions, it should be fine. But you know, I'm not a fan of people who, when they, when they, I'm not a fan when people take a model and just proxy it as something else. Like, um, for instance, you know, we'll talk about him because he talks about it quite a lot. Glass Half Dead keeps saying that you can, you're not going to be able to get this this Space Marine team that's coming out, right? So he's like, how can we take these Death Guard models and turn them into Team Justin Timberlake? I'm not a fan of that. And I don't think we should be promoting that when you should be taking either the team. Cause here's the thing, like you can get all those models from anywhere that like, they're super easy to get, especially if you already own space Marines. Um, Oh wait, you, I do now. Yeah, you do now. Right. Wow. Um, if you're going from models that you already own, like I understand that, but sometimes like proxy models have those field bad moments for your opponents because they don't see them all the time. And I think that that's kind of like where we start to run into issues. Um, like other people ask me like, Hey, would this be cool? It's like, Hey, can you actually use the, uh, their actual arms, you know, like on these 3d models? Cause you know, like people aren't going to argue if that's a shotgun or not, or a shield or a chain sword, if you're actually using the correct weapons. Cause that's what people are going to worry about most is what you see is what you get WYSIWYG. Right. Um, which do they even have WYSIWYG anymore, Giacomo? Is that a thing in 10th edition? FLG won't enforce it. And to my knowledge, I'd never really seen GW enforce it in a rule book. They mostly enforce it at their tournaments. If you just tell your opponent, like, hey, this is supposed to be this, and it's not exaggerated to the point where every unit in their army is supposed to be something else, I'm fine with it. Like, you know, it's supposed to be a melty gun, but it's a plasma. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and it also makes it easier to remember if you, uh, when you're representing something that's not there, also have decency to, uh, you know, make it uniform to say, like, all Seltners have Chainsword and Hunter Seeker Missile. Yeah. So it's easier to remember. Not this one particular guy has this, this one has that. And that's a good can, point. You can't see none of that. Mm-hmm. But it's funny to say, like, all guys are kneeling, have knives. All right, cool. Yeah, when you start proxying models, it's it's even more important that your models represent the weapons correctly so that your opponents aren't guessing. It's That's, like, where I kind of start to draw the line is, like, when if something isn't faithfully represented, you know, like, for instance, um, at LVO, I, I unfortunately had to say no to a team of Cataphracty Terminators that somebody wanted to run as uh, intercession because the silhouettes were wrong. The, you know, just just in general, like this is just like a normal one. Like the Terminators just have such a varying profile and like the, the chainsword guys would have had lightning claws and then the normal guys would have just had like storm bolters and it's just too different, you know, or like, 
if someone wanted to run um, legionary as intercession, I would tell them, I'd be like, hey, make sure your legionary actually has chain swords for the dudes that have chain swords. I would allow it, but I wouldn't allow you to use the legionary kill team to be your intercession. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. use, use the actual space marine with the chain sword and the bolter as your as your as your actual dudes. You know what I mean? Just like as long as it's faithfully done, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, that's usually where I'm where I'm on when it stands. Otherwise, I wouldn't care. But just competitive games, you know, like that is important to be able to tell and distinguish what's on the table. I'd agree. Um, and you know, the great, the crazy thing is that every, every TO is going to be different. Just like games workshop, they don't allow any 3d printer parts or third party parts. Like, sorry, Alex, but space Nam and my, my super, my, 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 my guardsmen aren't, aren't allowed at games workshop events. It's only fair. I never, I never buy their products at full price either. (laughs) (laughs) You buy all your stuff from FLG, right? FLG or Gameology. If 15% discount is not there, I'm not there either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got I got some black beans. I can give them to you for 15%. <laughs> right, I'll, st- I'll stop buying my way out. <laughs> um, but that's mostly how I feel about that. And then when it what comes if, to 3D printing stuff, you know, it's, I'm not I'm not against it. What about third party models? That's something that we were talking about. We've never really got. I really like the Space Nam guys. Is there anything else that you guys really like third party wise? Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah go for us, Jackman. Um, I was a big fan of Victoria miniatures when it came to guardsmen, when mm. GW didn't have any other alternatives to get like, let's say Mordian iron guard or Cree, mm. you know, the, there were only expensive ways to buy those. And I liked her third party stuff. So I, I have, I own a few of those models, even though I don't have a kill team for them or anything. I just like the models. Yet. 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 I'm a fan of armor, so if they're not wearing like thicker armor, I don't usually play a team. Giacomo likes those chonky boys. I like my chonky boys in armor. You know, it's fun. I like armor. Yeah. Some of my favorites are Artel W and Hardcore Miniatures. Yeah, Hardcore. I, th- I think they both make some really good stuff. Um, Pop Goes the Monkey also has some really good 3D printed bits. Um that can really like customize and make your army even better or more unique. Um, one of my favorite things from pop goes the monkey is the, uh, their demon prints, his demon prints chain, um, models. They just look like extra large space Marines, which is cool to me, you know, like those kind of cool things. I'm a really big fan of, but the thing is like, you know exactly what those models are and you know what they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? How about you, Alex? Um, I like two things. Um, that came out wrong. But anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's a 3D printed stuff I like, which is um, you can get it all over on Etsy. That's Station Forge uh, Grim Guard. Uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's basically like a collection of models mm-hmm. that are Death Corps of Krieg. Um and they have everything there, pretty much. They even have um, all Katachan characters as Krieg. So now, is that a, is that just a reseller of 
of those, or is that the actual artist? Because one thing I find interesting on Etsy is that a lot of people buy the rights to resell models. Yeah, that's one of those. One so of the station, resellers. Okay. Station Forge is the company who makes, or studio, uh, who makes those sculpts. Okay. And then every uh, everybody who owns a printer just prints them and sells on Etsy. Makes sense. Um, but I've gotten a commissar, and I'm really, I really like the style. It's uh, it's very simplistic and clean, so it's not without details, but with some details. Mm-hmm. Um, I anticipate it's going to be very uh, easy-ish to print to to uh, what do you call it? What do you do after you build a model? Paint, yes. Mm-hmm. Easy to paint. <laughs> Are those the guys who do the um, the Dark Tide Blooded team? Mm, they do a lot of. There's a Dark Tide Blooded team. Yeah, yeah, they also do that. I think they have a lot of Blooded teams to back. To be uh, frank, they have huh. a lot of different flavors of Blooded, including uh, Katachan Krieg Blooded. <laughs> <laughs> so it's muscle, muscular, um, gas masked, Blooded. Insane! That's I love it. And of course, there is War Games Atlantic, not a sponsor, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Unfortunately, indeed. So they sell, they resell Space Nam. Mm-hmm. I believe that's like some uh, space lizards or whatever uh, reptile reptile overlords. Here we go. Um, that's what I'm planning to buy a few box off. And they also do all flavors of guardsmen um, for a very good price. Like you can get twenty eight of them for thirty five bucks ish. Mm. Oh, wow. These are really nice. I've actually never seen these ones. I'm looking it up right now. And they're releasing the Traitor Guard, which I actually, it was a Kickstarter campaign I backed uh, in May. And I think they're going to start sending out, if I if I understand everything correctly, which is a big if, <laughs> um, they're going to be sending them out on around April. Oh, so cool. I, still have t- I still have time to assemble my pile of shame and probably paint it too. Uh, before I receive another hundred of guardsmen, <laughs> I really like these models. These are nice. A little, a little, couple of these are a little busy, but I like these ones from More Game Atlantic. I hope I hope they don't listen to this podcast. But they jammed two more sprues than they were supposed to in my box of uh, guardsmen, which I'm not complaining about. Maybe they knew you were going to talk about it in the future, so they're like, maybe, oh, de- maybe. So it might be sponsored in a way. So yeah, yeah. from one box of unpronounceable name guardsmen, I built ten, uh, four. Four platoons, whatever it's called. Four infantry squads. Here you go. See, I'm a real big fan. I'm looking at these Station Forge guys right now. Yeah, these are nice. They look real, real nice. Uh, I like a lot. Even their tanks I really like. And I like how a lot of their their stuff kind of uh, echoes kill teams, which I think is pretty smart of them. So, you know, hard shout out to these Station Forge guys. I really like some of their vehicles as well. Like, what it, what I was looking this? at the Sentinel. That was that was a cool one. Yeah, there's a anyone who's listening. Uh, these guys look awesome, and you can get a reseller on, on Etsy if you don't own a, a resin printer. And if you do, then you can you know 3D print these ones. I really like this Sicoratus Stormrider. Looks like a little bit similar to a, a Halo Warthog, which I'm I'm a big fan of. Big fan. Yeah, and just, they also have Admech on dinosaurs. Do they really? They Alex do. Squires, how do you know this? Uh, actually, I asked Alex in Discord, and he said, "Oh yeah, I saw that." 
Oh. Dang, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I believe it's called Scavengers and then um, probably some Raptor Riders or something. Okay. It's just cavalry I like, I like on top of Mecha, Mecha Raptors. I'm going to send this in the list. It's called Scavenger chat. Scavenger Riders. It's AdMech on top of Velociraptors, also mechanical Velociraptors. Mm. See, he, he likes those dino-looking dinos. I like I like these sense. these guys because I haven't seen ratlings in a long time. Oh yeah, they're ratlings. They, little they ratlings. Have a lot of stuff. Yeah, these mm. are nice. I like these ones. They're ador- I would never run them, but I just like that. I like they're adorable. Like Hold just on. imagine Lord of the Rings, but instead the four hobbits are carrying rifles instead of swords. <laughs> and I believe they also have a unit of Krieg with all corpses. Oh yeah, dude. Corpses <laughs> corpses are some of my favorite like models that I could print. Like just dead bodies. Yeah, because I, they're so hard to model. They're so hard to sculpt. You know. It's true. And I believe yeah. I've gotten oh. a couple of those models for my Inquisition team. One of them is two Admech dudes reading a book. One of them is holding it and the other is reading. I'm not going to lie. Their cultists, their corrupted cultists look amazing. They look better than Games Workshops, in my opinion. Man, we're just doing a big old ad for oh, Station Forge. I'm sorry. No, I don't mind it because, you know, they, they, they fit the aesthetic really well, where nope. some third parties don't. Like, they just yeah. don't make the aesthetic fit well. Well, the it, things that the things that we have to remember, right, is that like well, we're talking about third party third party stuff, right? So, I mean, we might as well give out as many shoutouts as, as we can. Um, so that I mean, people, yeah, people a lot of people ask about like where where are good stuff to find? Or I'm a real big fan. I think his name is uh, Edge Miniatures uh, on my mini factory. He does a lot of the Dark Eldar stuff. Um. I also really like uh, Pap Sickles, some of the Pat Pap Sickles miniatures. He does a lot of good aliens and predator models, and he has a lot of good uh, hero models like uh, Arnold and and um, Sylvester Stallone and Ripley and these kind of models too. Like they have a lot of really good stuff. Um, oh yeah, and I, and I recently, a couple of days ago, actually, I found uh, an amazing uh, small studio. On my my mini factory, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, very, yeah. You, you you saw that you're about to print those dudes for me. In fact, yeah, that's true. Uh, Vermilion minis, I believe. They they're super niche. They're sculpting characters from Fallout One and Two. Oh, nobody remembers that. I do. I played both do those it. games. Subscribe to their Patreon, and you receive uh, this month's. Um, Drop for free and a welcome pack. All right, I want mm. I want my dog meat, and I believe they drop like a model pack every month. I want that's, a, that's I want what, the master now. They have they have like the old enclave armor, the the one that looks like uh, stink bug or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah, there's some really good patreons out there. Like um, I really liked uh, Arch Villain, the Arch Villain one Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a lot of really good stuff for like D and D. And I think they even have like a, uh, a sci-fi version too. Um, there's a lot of really good 3d artists out there that really make some good stuff. So like by no means are we saying like, don't go out and don't go do these cool hobby expenditures and crazy stuff. What we're saying is just, just make sure that people know what the models are. You know, 
Yeah, get them in line to the standardization. So when players are playing, they're like, okay, that's clearly a chainsword. I got what that guy is. Yeah. 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 Even if, even if it's not a space Marine, you know, it could be, could be something else as long as it's the same size. And like, uh, Emmanuel has a really good, um, orc, uh, orc proxy team for intercession where they're overly like the bolter dudes just have, you know, orc shooters. And then the, the chainsword guys have like orc chainsaw axe choppers. It's very, and it's very simple. And it's just like, Hey guys, these are my melee guys. These are my shooty guys. Pretty easy, especially for, for these dudes. Right. I mean, so, inter- intercession helps that it can be that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's an upside on that side. Yeah. Can you proxy warp coven with orcs? Hmm. No, maybe. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be hard. Like technically you could do anything. It's just like good luck getting it to look proper and make sense. Yeah, I'm thinking and that of tech proxying. Way cooler. I'm thinking of proxying. Um, what do you call them? Hand of the Archon with Catachans. Yeah, you're telling me that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Rob may fight you about that. Yeah, he might. He because I'm never I'm never going to show them to anyone. Why not? I want to see him. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be the point secret. of making it. <laughs> it's because I don't know. Alex refuses to make elf teams. That's my. He doesn't my like space marines. Doesn't like elves. He only likes birds, and guardsmen, and wizards, and wizards. Wow this this uh, station forge even has all of the Gaunt's ghosts models. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, and they look they look pretty good. They look pretty cool. I think the one that's um, that has all Katachan models is uh, I mean Katachan characters is National Guard line, which I don't even see on my mini. I mean, what factory? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. make sure you guys go out there and spread the love to the content creators that you like um, for, cause you know, like 3d models are great. Um, there's a lot of really good creators out there that, that go kind of unnoticed. So um, yeah, I mean, there's so many cool things out there like this, this freaking Valkyrie that's redone. Oh man, it's so good, so good. Oh yeah, I sent link in the chat. I've got the Chen characters. They also double as a blooded team, probably. Oh yeah, I think that's the one thing that that people are like, oh, proxy. You don't like proxies? It's like guardsmen are guardsmen. It's pretty simple. As long as they have the right weapons, any guardsman can pretty much be any guardsman. Like, um, even even doing uh, you know, your Cadian, your Cadian, um. I really like the new Cadian models. They're amazing. Yeah. I mean, they look like humans. Finally, the Kassarkins look. <laughs> yeah, they do. They don't look like half halflings anymore. That, that was a definitely old sculpt. That was that way. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we're getting to that time now. I think so. Think I think so. so. Thanks. Al- so. Alex, thanks for, for jumping on and, you know, talking to us and about 3d printing and, you know, controversial subjects and beans and beans and cats. Thanks for having me. No problem. Is there anything you want to shout out? Anything particularly you want to plug Alex? I have nothing to plug. Fair plug enough. all you want. I'd like, I'd like to plug something. I want to shout out 
Alex's landlord know that he does have <laughs> does have cats. Lies. <laughs> I don't know you. Prank call. Prank call. Uh, I'd also like to shout out our patrons, including Alex here. Thank you. Uh, thank you for making this possible, for letting us have a little extra fun on the side and allow us to bring you cooler stuff like the this show, stuff at tournaments, and uh, I'm sure there's some other stuff I'm not thinking about. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios. You can find us on Discord at the Squad Games Discord. Uh, how about you, Dakota? What do you got? Um, I'd like to shout out uh, our Squad Games members. So Giacomo and Saya. Uh, Giacomo, you really do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And Saya, you really do a lot uh, to enable uh, a lot of what we do. And you guys don't get enough credit for. Um, for anything. So uh, I just want everyone to remember out there that uh, they're the real heart and soul behind squad games. And I just want to appreciate you both for doing what you guys do. Thanks, man. You deserve some praise too. You help out a lot. I get enough Giacomo. Stop it. Nah, not for most of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, then I will, we'll see you later. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully next time, uh, you know, we, we might be talking about Nova because uh, I'll be going there. And if you guys are there, make sure you stop by and say hi. Say hi to Dakota. Give him the praise he needs that he deserves. All praise Dakota. <laughs> I'm going to beat you both up. I know where you both live. Okay. You'll never find me. <laughs> yeah, I'll find your landlord. <laughs> stop it. <laughs>